Mr. Spitty Wells has our special this morning. Lord, I'm glad you didn't let me look ahead To see the trials I would have to face I would have lived my life caught up in fear and dread And missed a lot of joy along the way On this journey I have had my share of tears Lonely days when it was hard to understand But you'd whisper to me gently, child, I'm here And I knew that you were holding to my hand every step that I have taken every valley I've walked through I have seen that your grace cannot be shaken every step Brought me closer, Lord, to you. Every step brought me closer, Lord, to you. I have known a peace that I cannot explain. When everything around me fell apart For your promises brought hope within my pain That you would heal the wounds inside my heart When my feet could not go on another mile For the road had left me tired and oh so weak I would hear you whisper, child, come rest a while Then you'd hold me close and weep along with me Every step that I have taken Every valley I've walked through I have seen that your grace cannot be shaken Every step brought me closer, Lord, to you Every step that I have taken Every valley I've walked through I have seen that your grace cannot 
be shaken. Every step brought me closer, Lord, to you. Every step brought me Betty, I'm going to go ahead and ask Caleb if he had grabbed those center lights, and I'm going to get this started. There was a preacher one time that, uh, of course, when you're a pastor and you're working on sermons and whatnot, you're always searching for illustrations, and a temptation a lot of times is to use your kids for illustrations, and, and uh, of course, the more kids you have, the more illustrations you could have. I'm going to check and see if this is lined up. And have all that going in just a second. But anyway, uh, the kids hated it when Dad would use them for illustration purposes. So they made a deal with one another. They said, uh, Dad, every time that uh, you use us for an illustration, that you have to pay us money. And uh, Dad said, well, you know, they are they do bring up some good illustrations, so that sounds fair. So <clears throat> rocked on, and it got kind of costly. He decided not to use his kids as often for illustrations as he realized he was doing it a whole lot. And every, from time to time, of course, I'll use my kids for illustrations. Now, uh, I'm going to use Taylor as an illustration this morning. i tell you what a deal I'll make you, Taylor. If you let me use you for an illustration this morning, I will buy you a dress. How's that? Okay. Thumbs up. She's all grins and uh, still in the process of paying for it. And uh, so, but anyway, so I'll use her for an illustration. Let me get this up. Got everything in focus. And then afterwards, we'll get started with the message. Somebody asked me, said, Dad, how come, you know, normally I have the Sunday morning outline in the bulletin, and uh, or Caleb did. Dad, how come you don't, where's your, your morning outline? I said, and then somebody else asked me, and I said, uh, well, two things. Number one, time. Number two, which is a poor excuse, but the second one is I kept changing my mind. And uh, so that was the, the better of the excuses or the reasons, either one. Uh, but anyway, we'll get started in just a second. If you just want to put a thumb or a marker in Second Timothy chapter one, in just a second, and uh, take a quick look at this video illustration. Second Timothy chapter one, and using Tyler for an illustration. If you notice the song that was uh, playing, the phrase over and over in the title also of that song, I will not be moved. Well, I just moved her yesterday and uh, Friday. And all the other moves she's had in her life have been because I changed churches. And all the way from Louisiana to Texas 
then from Texas into Louisiana again, and then finally to a place called Promised Land where we came when she was a seventh grader. And now we have a time, and, you know, I think about this, and I know we all desire this uh, for our children, is that they love the Lord and serve the Lord. And this morning for a little while, I just want to look at this topic, a memory of love and trust, a memory of love and trust. If you wouldn't mind, let's all stand for the reading of God's Word, Second Timothy chapter 1. The Word of God says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus, or Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for a time of memory, a time of trust, a time of love. Dear Lord, we realize, just like the seniors that uh, we recognized here a couple of weeks ago, that uh, life is about transition, it's always about change. Moving forward, but dear Lord, in everything, serving you, loving you, honoring you, in all that we do, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing, for honoring, reading of God's word. Uh, Timothy. Timothy was uh, quite a fellow. Now, he was a young man. Matter of fact, I'm going to keep my, because we're going to kind of stay here for just a second, but if you back up to Acts chapter 16, you find our first introduction of Timothy. Paul was on his second missionary journey. And in Acts 16, verse 1, it says, He came to Derbe and Lystria, and behold, a certain disciples there named Timotheus, if you have a King James Bible, or Timothy, same guy, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek, so he was of mixed nationality, if you, Timothy was. Matter of fact, he was uncircumcised, and Paul convinced him to be circumcised in order that his ministry wouldn't offend the Jews. Now, as we look back to Second Timothy, chapter same place, chapter 1. Now, as I go through here, I am going to change some words... And basically this, to make God's Word apply to you personally. So you could do this for your own children. You could do this, but it's kind of like I've done this for Isaiah 53. You can take all the uh, plural pronouns and change them to personal pronouns. And so let's take a quick look back again, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And here we go. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, Taylor, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Nana, and thy mother, 
Karen. And I'm persuaded is in you also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. That's called a belt, by the way. But God hath not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And then if you skip down to verse 12, again the theme for this very intimate note. For the which cause, now remember also, where was Paul when he was writing this to Timothy? A very personal note. This is a very personal note we're allowed to see between somebody. Now, this is more than just a, a seminary student. Timothy had a relationship with Paul. And as, you know, we have a relationship, obviously, with our kids or our grandkids, can you stir them up to serve the Lord? That's our motivation. Our, my, my, no matter whether Taylor succeeds in her goals of being a school teacher and a coach, or no matter if she becomes uh, whatever, even if it's the most menial job in the world, whatever you may classify as a menial job, if she serves the Lord, if your kids serve the Lord, that is your goal. That is your ultimate dream, that they remain faithful to Him because one day that job's going to be over. One day their life will be over. Are they going to heaven? And when they stand before God, will God say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That is our goal. That's our life's goal. In 2 Timothy 1.12, the Word of God says this, For the which cause... I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. In looking at this passage this morning, uh, a time, a memory of love and trust, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful for all of my kids, I appreciate them. Matter of fact, Wednesday, I was very proud. Uh, Taylor uh, closed out the year, uh, you know, in the, the Wana thing, and uh, she led the Wana ceremony thing that we had Wednesday. I just sat back. Caleb brought the devotion message, whatever, and uh, I, I enjoyed that enjoyed seeing them. I want them to love this Word, to, to not be ashamed of this book, to not be ashamed of the Savior and the God that this represents. If you will now, what, you know, this was a time of transition uh, for Paul because he's about to die. This is a time that uh, he's wondering, man, you know, I'm really looking forward to the Lord, seeing Him. And, you know, matter of fact, he told another prison epistle in Philippians, he said, for me to stay here is good, but to die is gain. It's much better. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to stay here 
to abide with you is a good thing, great thing, awesome thing. And uh, to die is gain. To, to, I want to stay here and encourage you. And Epaphroditus was a great member of that church who came and encouraged Paul in prison, which speaks well of prison ministries, by the way, uh, since Paul was in prison. Well, guess what? If you, I want you to head now to First Chronicles chapter 4. A very, this is something that was very, very popular back in the year 2000 and the year 2001. It's called the Prayer of Jabez. Now, this is a prayer that not only should you pray for you and your family, but this is a great prayer to pray. It's a short prayer, by the way. It's a great prayer to pray for you and your children. Could you pray this prayer for you and your kids? You know, as I look back on those uh, memories, since uh, i got to milk this illustration of Taylor for all it's worth, you know, and, and I talked about, uh, you know, when Paul said, stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands, he was talking about the laying on of hands of the presbytery whenever Timothy was ordained. Now, Paul and Barnabas were ordained in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And there was a laying on of hands which commemorates, if you will, I approve of thee, God be with you. It's a signifying of approval, and uh, that's what an ordination is, okay? Now, <clears throat> I have literally um, laid my hands on my kids in prayer for them hundreds and if not thousands of times, okay? Matter of fact, in the Bible, there's, there's called a blessing. Matter of fact, there's a book in our library, it's called The Blessing. And it's uh, by uh, Trent and Gary Smalley. And it's talking about giving your kids a spiritual blessing. It's an interesting ideology from the Bible. Now, in that same context, you can bless your kids in a good sense, you can also bless your kids disciplinarian-wise. I remember the very first time, and I think Taylor does too, the very first time that I ever had to whip Taylor. And, uh, and it was all over a rain gauge. And it wasn't, she broke a rain gauge, which dis, did not deserve a whipping. You know, uh, dropping something, kids are gonna break things. They're gonna spill things, okay? You know, we believe that uh, discipline comes, effective, strong discipline comes whenever there's a direct disobedience or dishonesty, okay? And uh, refusing to do something you tell them to do, so on and so forth. It wasn't the fact that she broke the rain gauge. It was the fact that I found it hidden under uh, some sort of object and stashed away. And then, of course, is... Uh, there, I asked Taylor about the rain, what happened to the rain gauge? I don't know. <laughs> Beginning of trouble, okay? I remember also another time, I used Caleb this time, and uh, that he broke something and uh, came to my knowledge. I asked him, yep, Dad, I did it. Mm -hmm, I did that. I, I did it. And I mean, right off the bat, saved himself a, mm, that might have sent him on to Jesus, okay, because it, it was a big one, 
And uh, if he would have lied about that one, if he would, but he didn't. I, I mean, that's a great thing because he said, "Yep, I did it." I, I, I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> it, they say that a lot. You know, parents, you ever hear that? I don't know. Grandparents, you ever hear that? I don't know. Well, there's there's always going to be transitions. Well, this is a huge transition for us, obviously. In Taylor's life. And as you look at this passage, we have a huge transition in First Chronicles. You probably already beat me there. First Chronicles chapter 4 and uh, verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And that just means successful. He had achieved a lot in life and an uh, honorable person. It means his brethren not only is in his community. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. Now, verse 10, the rest of it is all we have on Jabez. That's it. His whole life in one verse. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And this is the cool thing about verse 10. And God gave him what he asked for. God, you know, and think about this. To, to say, God, I need help in my weaknesses, and if you will allow, enlarge my coast. That's like saying, if you think I can handle more, give me more. Enlarge my coast is like saying, give me more responsibility. And, you know, of all things in life, wouldn't you love it if your, all your kids grew up and say, I'm, they're responsible. They're responsible. That's, that's, a, that's asking for a whole lot to say. They're responsible. But did you know that that's all this book asks of us? As children of God, all God wants for you is be responsible. To, also, it says that we're stewards. We're husbandmen. God lends us a vineyard. You're to plow it, take care of it, work in it, and God gives the increase. Did you know that? All our job is is to be responsible. So, First Chronicles chapter four, the prayer of Jabez is a tremendous prayer. Pray it for yourself. Say, God, I need help in this area of weakness. He called it. Keep me from evil. And then to enlarge my coast and bless me. There's nothing which tells me this. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, I need your blessing. I need you to bless my life. God, I want you to bless my children. God, I want you to bless my marriage. My marriage needs blessing. God, I want you to bless my family. Bless my church. The church needs blessing. There's nothing wrong with praying that prayer. Nothing wrong. Jabez prayed it, and guess what? God answered his prayer. A very, very powerful passage. If you would uh, turn back to our text, got my Bible marker there, Second Timothy chapter one, and uh, <clears throat> it says here the the second point, and really. And really, the last point of my message is the first one is that there's this time of transition for Paul and for us and, well, for all parents. And you look at this, that we need to love and trust the Lord. And that's, that was Paul's goal for Timothy and our goal for, 
Taylor and all of our kids. The, the last point is this. Is this is what I want for Taylor, Caleb, and Allie. Oh, and by the way, for the rest of you, could you say in public that you are not ashamed of Jesus Christ? It's okay to answer out loud because if you won't answer in here, you won't answer anywhere else. You know what I mean? I am not ashamed. It's not about Brother Michael. It's not about Brother Michael's kids. Even though I've used Taylor for an illustration, it's just that. She would gladly put aside any success in life, and you should too, in order to see Jesus lifted up. In order to see Jesus lifted up. I want my kids to grow up and say publicly, I am not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's it. That's simple. That's not real high goals, but how few there are that actually practice that. And it's not that my kids are not perfect, and mine and Karen's marriage is not perfect. Nobody's is, and nobody's kids are. You have to fight for it. Fight for your kids to do right. Do not uh, make it, do, in other words, uh, don't uh, make it to where and condone their wrong, disapprove of their wrong, but lead them, lead them, lead them to the Lord, to lead them to His Word, strengthen them, pray for them, pray with them. In our text, he says, for I am not ashamed. It says, I am not ashamed of these things. A very famous verse backing up to uh, Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek to not be ashamed of Jesus, to not be ashamed of His love, to not be ashamed, you know, and I, I, I love Karen and I love her and, and I want to lift, say, she's my wife, I love her and lift her up and say, I'm proud of her and I'm proud of my kids no matter what. I'm not ashamed of them. I'm not ashamed of God. I'm not ashamed of, of God's Word. I was uh, in the... Uh, county clerk's office uh, this week, matter of fact, picking up a form, uh, making sure that I had a copy so I could make copies of the covenant marriage application thing. You take that, you get two hours premarital counseling. state of Arkansas, if you didn't know this, most of you do, has two different types of marriage licenses. A regular marriage license, which is boom, boom, you can be divorced just like that. And uh, and then a covenant marriage license, which is a, a little bit, it's designed to make it a little bit more difficult to get divorced, not just wham bam, in order that there would be reconciliation. <laughs> anyway, there a, a lawyer walked in, whom I'm acquainted with, and I was we were talking about it, and the subject came up, and the lawyer said, uh, "Well, why do you need that?" Why do you need to do a covenant marriage license? 
And I said, well, this reason, number one, it's showing that you're serious before God. You're willing to say, I plan on being with them the rest of my life. And I am, and I'm going, total commitment and as an example before others that I believe that is, is one of the highest covenant means agreements that you can enter into and it's supposed to be till death do us part. And, well, if they really love the Lord, that's not necessary. Which the very first thought that came to my mind, I said, imagine this, a lawyer who doesn't want to enter into a covenant. Mm-hmm. That was my very first thought. I said, trying to, and a, and a Christian lawyer uh, supposedly at that. And so, nevertheless, and uh, didn't convince the lawyer that a covenant marriage was necessary. But to me, it is. It's kind of like saying, I believe this is so important. It's so important. And matter of fact, get this. You have to go through more testing and undertaking and, and, and steps in order to get a driver's license than a marriage license, which is more important and which should last forever. Rest my case. Okay, case closed. Judge awards. Michael Reese, the winner. Okay. And, uh, well, it's true. It is, and a matter of fact, God's the one who designed it. God's the one who set the covenant up. God's the one. And so it's saying, in essence, I am not ashamed. I, I, I want to do what, whatever. I want to let people know that it's important. I am not ashamed of what? So if the Bible says I am not ashamed, I want to know what follows that. I am not ashamed of what? Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Whenever Karen and I were dating, we sent the very first text messages in the world. They were by cassette tape by mail. Maybe that's voicemail. I don't know. That's what it is. And uh, we, she would write letters, and I'd write letters. This is for the days of cell phones. And I would go out there. I'd be excited about that letter. Matter of fact, I've still got a bunch of them in a keepsake box. Sentimental. Yeah, I am. You want to see me cry? Come see me Saturday. Okay? But, uh, man, most people that are in love with their Boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whom you get a letter, which letters are almost a thing of the past nowadays. Man, this letter is awesome. Look, I went out to the mailbox and look what I got. I got this letter and it's from my honey. It's from my beloved. It's from, it's awesome. I got a letter, a love letter. And girl, guy, hopefully guys don't do that, but uh, most girls, Man, that'd go in hell. Smell of it. Maybe perfume in it. Didn't know that ever happened. And uh, you adore it. It's from somebody who loves you very much. And that's what this is. It's a love letter. Of which we don't need to be ashamed and we need to cherish it and dig in it 
And if it's made out of fine leather, you can smell of it. It's precious. That's what life is all about. Is a love letter from God. Because one day, get this. Did you know my kids are temporarily with me? And up in heaven, my kids... I won't look at Taylor and Caleb and Allie Joe as my kids anymore. They will be my brothers and sisters in Christ if they're saved. Did you realize that? When you get up to heaven, now you, some people ask, will you still know that they were your fleshly children? Yeah, but the only thing y'all have ever looked through in life is your flesh. So that's all you and I know. That's all you and I know. We don't know anything else. You've never been in anything else. One day when you leave this world, you won't know your kids as your kids anymore. If they're saved, they'll be your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why what's the most important thing that I should teach them and train them? That's what it's all about. As we prepare for him hymn of invitation, Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this time together. I pray that any time during times of transition in our lives that we'll realize that when we don't know about the future, dear Lord, you're already there. When we don't know what's going to happen, dear Lord, we know that you're in control. And I pray that Our goal in life would be to please you, to live for you. Father, I thank you for everybody that's here this morning. May we say that we want this for not only our family, but also for all of our friends and loved ones. May we be examples and loving Christians to everyone around us. In Jesus' name, amen.